I bet you at least one of our listeners had to double check their phone to make sure if they were actually listening to our Monday Morning Tears podcast. So with that, welcome to this week's edition to Monday Morning's Tearcast, the one and only podcast that, as you can tell, it's not actually from your host, as I took hostage of this week's podcast. Uh, If you can't tell my voice, I am Michael Campos. I am the proud manager and owner of The Spitting Llamas. And you might be wondering... What the hell kind of intro was that? Why why that song? Well, that was played for all our managers out there that is losing hope, who's losing faith on the season uh, with how how insane how this season has started from where we thought our drafts were to where we are today going into week six. And with that, uh, it, one of the managers who that did go out to is one of my guests here today. Uh, I'm bringing on for the first time since uh, the beginning of the draft. Uh, the proud manager, if he is proud of it, of the poop emoji, uh, Danny DiCarvello. Danny, how are you doing today? Hey, hey, I'm doing good. I had to mute myself. I was laughing uh, pretty hard uh, just at the length of that. I, <laughs> I did not know that was going to go for a full minute. Um, not only did it go for long, but it also sounded like hot garbage coming through your mic. Um, but <laughs> hopefully it'll come through on the on the recording. Yeah, um, I, then, I wasn't sure if it was going to sound good or not, but <laughs> yeah. hey, you know, I guess it sums up the song to the manager's seasons, just how much hot garbage is going on right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, man, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. Um, uh, you know, where we are right now is in the season, it's, uh, it's an interesting time. You know, we've had four or five, five weeks to kind of like figure out if we were right preseason and to reflect on that. So um, it's kind of a good time to talk about some teams. Yeah, for sure. And and that's what we're going to kind of do today is uh, uh, we're going to review some of the last week's uh, action, but kind of kind of go through how the first five weeks have went and, and where we think teams are and maybe where the, the, where the road's going to take them going forward. Uh, so with that, we'll just review week five uh, in a glance. Uh, and by the way, like I'm going to be reviewing just the Monday morning tiers uh, actual league and going to kind of put the Dynasty League on side for uh, for this week at least. Uh, so we're going to start with probably the biggest match of the week, which was myself versus uh, Hall and Oates Fields, Nicholas's team, uh, where he... Two highest scoring uh, teams of the week, uh, where he beat myself 131 to 129. Uh, the deja vu and irony was the previous week we played each other, but in the Dynasty League. And the same thing happened where we both went off uh, with ridiculous points uh, as the number one and number two as well. 
Uh, and this another matchup that we had was Obi, John Kenobi, John's team, uh, knocking off household names, Paul's team, 97 to 90 uh, in another close matchup. Andre finally getting on the W board. Show me the Mooney going one and four now with a hot 117 points against uh, the lonely, lonely 0 and 5 uh, Keenan Me Softly. Uh, we might go back to his team uh, in a little bit uh, when we talk about the rankings. Uh, we have Tony get, making a streak now, two wins in a row, uh, going 104, knocking off uh, Steve's team, Taylor Swift, to, with only 62 points there. Uh, and then we had our champion, Kite, Allen for a penny, knocking off Menage Tua, 116 to 88, going 4-1. and one. And then we had Commander Chaos, uh, knocking off our, our our guest here today, the poop emoji, 120 to 90. Uh, so Danny, uh, any any anything that you saw from last week that kind of surprised you in real football or in our league itself in the matchups? Um, nothing super crazy. I think uh, to be honest, the the one of the biggest stories that kind of caught me off for guard was like the whole Miami backfield situation. Um, and how far Chase Edmonds has fallen uh, to getting like one carry last week. So some something's really up there, um, and that's kind of goes for both real football and and fantasy. But that kind of that kind of throws me for a loop. I'm not really sure what's going on because he's better than uh, you know getting one carry. Do you think that might have to be a product of it being Skylar Thompson being the QB uh, out of out of the blue? Obviously, they didn't plan for um, for Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt so early in the game, uh, but I think that was a product of that. Or is it just like kind of a buildup of what we've seen Mostert getting kind of thrown in there in the mix, and then now he kind of just seems like he's taken over that back? I don't know if it's a Skylar Thompson thing, and the only reason I say that is because. Uh, my, uh, Gaskin got work ahead of Edmonds, so like, I think Edmonds is in the doghouse for whatever reason. He's, I think he's dropped a few passes, uh, key moments, which is probably why the coaches are 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 not happy with him right now. But um, he he's getting the most money in that backfield by far, and to not even sniff a chance is crazy. Um, considering like historically in this first few years, he's been like one of the most efficient running backs in the league. So it's, it's pretty crazy. But I mean, that said, when Mostert is healthy and that's a big if, but if, and when, like, but when, if, and when he is healthy, he's, he's usually pretty good. I, I would say, uh, watching the Dolphins games this year, like, uh, just as a pure runner wise, um, like Raheem has looked like the better runner than, than Chase most times. Um, which is still, it's still surprising because like you said, you know, he has the biggest money contract. Um, I, I think, uh, where we saw, um, Gaskin get pulled in more was when we saw that the game was already kind of blown out of proportion and they probably were just resting him just to prevent injury because <laughs> Lord knows they definitely don't need any more of that right now. Um, but uh, hopefully, you know, I guess the, the hopes right now for Chase is that, or Chase managers is that when Tua comes back, uh, we'll start seeing kind of that offense that we saw in the beginning of the year uh, as a waddle manager i'm hoping to it to come back because uh, it's not going to look pretty with skylar thompson being in the helm this week yeah and, and i think the other thing and which we'll probably touch on later is is the injuries just keep piling up for for you know pretty 
significant fantasy options. So yeah, I think I think so far this year, like you know, every year we come into the season and we say that like, oh, there's always significant injuries, but uh, I think this year uh, we have a lot, not a mix of key injuries with a mix of disappointing players as well, like disappointing performances. Um, something I was going to touch on later on, but I guess it can, we can take note of it now, is like we've seen already for the past couple of weeks uh, how much disappointment we've seen in like top tier, um, like round one picks, uh, especially in the RB uh, department. And I think this year it's really opening uh, the eyes for fantasy that maybe it's time that we start taking the top tier wide receivers in the first round over the top tier running backs. Um, we're starting to see some come to life. Like we've seen kind of Derrick Henry uh, pull now a couple of games and he's getting his groove. Austin Eckler himself for the last uh, two weeks has exploded. Uh, Cook has kind of found his groove with some touchdowns again. Um, obviously, we have uh, we have the Cleveland backfield uh, as well that, that's doing well, but there is still a lot of uh, disappointments. Like if you were a Jonathan Taylor drafter as the number one overall, you were disappointed. Uh, obviously, he's hurt right now, but there was games where he was on the field and he didn't do much. Um, obviously, yourself as a CMC uh, CMC owner, like you're happy that he's healthy, but he isn't. He's doing well, but he's not exactly what you drafted him to be. Um, and I think out of all of the first rounders, the biggest disappointment is probably Najee Harris. He could be the potential bust of the season, uh, non-injury factor. Um, what do you think about that take, Danny? No, I mean, I think you're right overall. I, I think our league specifically has this like obsession with running backs. Like, t- t- and don't get me wrong, I, I like my running backs too, but I, I think our league takes it too far to the point that they take shitty running backs over good wide receivers. Um, and even like preseason, right? Like after the draft, we, we had, even I did it too. Like I, I put down teams on, on my personal like power rankings, what I thought that had worse bad running backs. But as we can see now, like the guys actually that I had down because of their running backs, um, John and, and Paul are, are the top two teams in the league right now. So, you know, maybe that goes to show running backs aren't the be-all, end-all, right? Like, top wide receivers, and in and, and, and John's case, tight end, really can elevate your team just as much. Yeah, and, and that's absolutely the case, especially in a league where we do play half-point PPR as well. Uh, but I kind of want to touch a little bit more on John's team uh, a little bit later on in the segment, uh, uh, just because of uh, like what you mentioned about that uh, his RB situation and how well it's played for him in the beginning of the season. Um, but before we get to that, um, I'm going to give yourself a chance here to to talk about your team if you have anything to vent about, because you've definitely had probably... I would say the roughest or one of the roughest starts to the season uh, to where we expected your team to be coming out of the draft. Um, we put your team as uh, one of the best drafts that uh, uh, out of the whole league. And even though you, to be honest, as, as much as you've battled injuries and kind of underperformances, you still sit at a two and three record, which is just actually not bad. Um, but like just looking at your team, you have, 
a lot of unfortunate uh, events that has happened. Like obviously the biggest one is probably Javante, like losing him for the year uh, out of the blue, losing Patterson on IR for at least a minimum four weeks. Um, kind of the the underwhelming performances of CMC, which you know isn't his fault. He's been playing well, but I think it's just the team uh, base. And then you know CD Lamb has looked uh, we we thought in the beginning it was going to look bad with deck bring out deck bringing out but he's kind of emerged as still a pretty high volume wide receiver but a lot of woes and ups and downs and uh, how how do you think you can get yourself into a playoff position just on the outside looking in right now? it's going to be an uphill battle realistically um i also lost trey lance who i know he didn't have a great start but you know he had a lot of upside, so I've lost two players to the to the IR already for the entire year. So that's kind of rough. Now, dude, I mean, I posted in the chat a few times, but I haven't had a QB go over 10 points until this past week, and Lawrence got like 10.5. So, I mean, I need to find some consistency there, and it doesn't help that people like you keep picking up fucking backup quarterbacks and shit so you know it's, it's not it's kind of annoying but whatever i'll ride with lawrence i think he'll he'll bounce back um but in terms of a, a playoff spot to be honest um the only way that i'm going to be able to do it is is through a trade or through an injury that helps my team so i think my door is open to even win the league if fournette gets hurt for the year and I think Rashad White could take over. And then I think I could have a decent team to contend. Um, and even if Najee goes down, I think I have two of like the solid um, handcuff running backs that are basically my lotto tickets to, to be a decent team again. Um, but unless that happens, um, I might sneak in to eighth spot or seventh spot based on you know luck of the draw and matchups, um, but not because my team is actually that good. Yeah, uh, I, like going off that, like Rashad White, even in the preseason, is was like one of the top tier rookie like handcuffs to grab. Like Fournette uh, is, you know, Tom Brady's favorite target out of the back. He's trusted him, and as long as Brady's there, Fournette's gonna be, you know, Fournette. Um, but he has the history of at least like Cook missing a couple of games in the season, uh, and when he does, you know, White's gonna be like uh, an instant uh, instant play into your into your lineup. Uh, but yeah, if, if Fournette was to go down for injury for a serious amount of time, uh, he would be definitely uh, a great option to, to put in there beside McCaffrey. Uh, and same thing with Warren. Like you can already see that Najee's already lost the last two weeks, like third round uh, role uh, to, uh, to Warren. So you do have some good good options there like you just you need the the chips to fall your way in the sense of like injuries to happen for for that to be relevant um the the last thing i'll ask about your team which i'm kind of surprised based off everything that's been going on is uh how much longer do you think you'll be able to hold on to jameson there in that ir spot and occupy that with with you know having javante and patterson holding up those bench spots for you um, you know, it's. I thought about it. I, I'm willing to make some trades, but I haven't. There's been a lot of um, crickets uh, regarding the players I put on the trade block, which and poop emojis, uh, which is fine. Um, so I, I mean, I'm not against moving them, but uh, as of at this point, I, there's really nobody on the waivers that like 
makes me want to drop one of them. Um, there will be a point that, you know, I might be more pressed to do it once buys start coming along. Um, but as of now, uh, you know, they're sitting there because they don't need to be on the free agency yet because I don't need the space. So we'll see. Yeah, Everything's I, think I think it'll be hard pressed to, to get um, to try to get something for him in the sense of I like. Not that, like, obviously, in the, when it came to draft, we, we know his prospect, what he could be capable of coming off the injury, but that's still, like, you know, potential end of the season at best. And I think how almost every team in our league has injury woes, and, and with buys coming up, I don't think anybody has the capacity to, to stash somebody like him right now. Um, so I think that would be a difficult move to to have um to try to ship them away and get something in return it would be difficult but to, to, like to do that. It, here's the thing too right like if my team is bad and i know my team is bad like what is dropping jameson williams to get someone from the free agency gonna do for my team or is that gonna make my team contend no unless we're talking about like you know the best i get really lucky with a pickup but i uh, if my team was contending and I needed the space, it makes sense. But like, if I'm already bad, wouldn't you think I need someone like Jameson Williams on my team for next year? <laughs> like, you know, but your team, I would say your team is contending. Yes. You are 10th right now, but there is myself that is sixth, has the same record as you at two and three. You're literally one week away from being in a playoff spot. Yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, and by that logic, yeah, I'm tied for sixth. I guess, but, um, you know, I don't think I put over a hundred points one week. So, um, I have a decent record, but, oh, maybe one time, but you know, I'm at this point, I don't consider myself a playoff team unless things change. Well, yeah, I guess that's a pessimistic way of looking at it instead of being optimistic, but I, I would say to have faith, like, the, you know, I would say look at like, maybe this is the roughest patch that you have to go with over the season and maybe things will look better for you. And the fact that you technically are still fighting in a spot with all the bowls that you've had, it, it's not that bad. It, it could be worse. You could literally be like, right holding hands with Kimbo right now 0-5 at the bottom so it's not it, it could be worse I will say that <laughs> yeah Kimbo's in a tier of his own almost but even him like his team is is has benefited from injury already with Melvin Gordon now right so um you know he might he might win a game or two here um and then catch me so we'll see <laughs> he might yeah yeah, speaking of another two and three team, uh, like my team, just to, just to briefly go on it, uh, I've had a couple of frustrations myself uh, with my team. Um, more so uh, being in the predicament that I am one of the highest scoring teams so far to start off the year and probably most consistent, uh, but yet I still hold a losing record. Um, and probably the most frustrating player of all that I do have is Pitts. And the, the the big old question, what the hell do I do with a tight end that doesn't get the ball thrown to him uh, with that much draft capital and talent? Um, he will be probably the thorn in my season of what do I do? Um, and then with Waddle not having Tua yet for the next little bit, it makes it a little bit rough with some question marks with the rest of my uh, wide receiver crew. 
Um, so we'll see. Uh, hopefully I can keep my consistency up, but uh, I think I'm still in that pool of having issues like everybody else in the league. Um, but going off of us having the same records, but completely having two different kinds of seasons, I wanted to briefly go off our standings of our actual wins to loss to where our points for and points against is. Uh, typically, I would say you would see like, you know, on average, the higher points for you score, the better record you're going to have, which is probably it can like contains for most of the of the standings maybe half but there are some very big woes here uh in that form so if we were to look at for points four uh john does stand true to being the first place team at four and one with 549 points scored the most in the league uh where i'm actually sixth with taras fifth um having the most points for after that but sitting here in the middle of the pack with our record uh, and then we have some surprisers here, like Andre. I kind of feel for Andre. Andre got his first win this year at 1-4, and four, but he actually holds having an above-average points for at 504. And then we have some some people, like our champion here, Kite, who is 4-1, but has a measly only 479 points for. That's, like, that's more towards the bottom of the league. Uh, what would you would you agree, Danny? That you would you see that uh, it's a it's a little bit more more wonky this year than what you usually see for points for to what the records actually have been based off. I guess just how matchups have worked. Um, I don't know if it's different this year. This shit happens all the time. It's it, we're still early, so it hasn't like every five games is not a huge sample size. And when we get to you know ten, twelve, fifteen games is when that would be really shitty to be like have a losing record as much as Andre does and being a top five in the league. But I, I think if, you know, his trend continues and Kite's trend continues, that'll hopefully uh, even out and be relatively fair. Um, but yeah, right now those, those two um, at opposite ends are, are like the biggest beneficiaries and, and, and biggest, biggest losers of, of that thing. Um, yeah. Kite in particular, obviously has been, Pretty lucky, um, and then also unlucky recently with the uh, with the injury to Rashad Penny. Yeah, the injury to Rashad Penny definitely is a huge blow. Um, but sometimes you can't just you can't make, he. But he made poor management decisions like you know Alvin Kamara, and yet he's he still holds a four and one record. So uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, going Josh into, Allen, <laughs> Josh Allen, yeah, uh, ends up like he. There's a little. We were a little bit iffy about him keeping him in the round he kept him, which was the uh, was it the back of the third, I believe, or was it the beginning yeah, of the fourth? Yeah, three, three, twelve. Which was the highest round for a quarterback to go, but the way that Allen has been producing this year, um, it looks like it was it's now a value pick, as crazy as that might sound. Uh, he he's literally the reason why he's he's producing wins for him. Um, but speaking of the standings, uh, let's take a look. What like what would be your opinion right now? I know it's a short sample, uh, but based off how players have, have been injured and playing, who do you think is at the top of the league right now? So one of these four and one teams that you think has a uh, a better chance to to fall out of maybe a potentially even a playoff spot or be fighting for one when it comes to the end of the season? Who's kind of a a pretender right now? I mean, it, these guys are at four and one, so so realistically, 
they'll make playoffs, I think, unless they go on a big fall. I mean, I think Kite will probably fall off a good amount now with, you know, Jeff Wilson um, probably not going to maintain his role um, once Mitchell comes back. And, you know, his RB situation is, is almost as bad as mine. He just has a fill-in right now with Wilson. Um, but the difference between Kites and my team is obviously as Josh Allen, but his wide receivers are pretty bad. Um, so outside of obviously Devonta Adams and Lockett's been performing pretty decently for him. But I don't know if if his team will hold up through buys, through injuries, through through potential suspensions with Devonta Adams now. Uh, so... I, I he'll probably fall off. Um, and then the other thing is, I, I think John John's team is is really good overall. But I I, I do think guys like Ceh have been overperforming pretty significantly. Um, that have given him like a boost uh, more than he 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 has uh, more than I think his team really is. So I think his team is good, but I don't know if it's like most points in the league good. Yeah, I, I kind of would nail it that, like, Kite is, I think, the, the obvious one here. Like, um, he, he has a lot of trouble in that wide receiver department. Like, Cooks has traditionally always been a solid, reliable uh, WR2, but he kind of hasn't really been that yet this season. Um, Devontae Adams kind of has his disappearance acts, it seems like, in this Raiders offense, but still amazing. Um but Juju has been disappointing. Uh, Kamara, I, I'm more a little worried with Kamara in the sense that it seems like he could potentially lose the goal line work to to Taysom Hill, and and if he does, then Kamara might fade away some weeks as well uh, compared to what we we usually see him. Uh, so I can definitely see a lower ceiling on a week to week basis for Kite's team if Allen ever kind of just produces a, a, a mediocre or even like a higher end type of uh, of week for. Uh, but I, I kind of nailed it. I, I think John, uh, as many points as he's scored so far in these first five weeks, I think he's a team that will kind of fall back down to earth in the second half. I Like just looking up and down his roster, he he has some solid players, but like nothing outside of Kelsey that like just completely stands out to me. Like Rodgers, like Rodgers has been meh so far uh he's probably going to be playing a quarterback roulette uh even with Goff there Goff's been playing lights out uh but is that even sustainable for Goff uh I think Singletary uh you know isn't the greatest option I I personally think uh Miles Sanders has been doing amazing so far to start the season compared to where we thought how he was going to do in that offense um, but I don't think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be continuing his role. Like he has probably the highest efficiency right now to touches per touches to actual touchdowns right now, and I don't think that's sustainable. I think we're going to see uh, Clyde Edwards probably see a dip in his efficiency, and if he does, then I- I'm just what, he's going to have a roulette and tough time to decide to to who he's going to play. Uh, in the backfield on a week-to-week basis. Um, I think Hill and Evans will still be okay, but I think as Godwin comes back from his injury, uh, we're going to see kind of those those games from Evans where he can put up almost goose eggs or just like a one-catch, one-touchdown type of deal that we've seen almost all his career. Um, so, And, I, and I, I do not think the Tampa defense is going to keep putting up this crazy amount of points uh, that they have in these first few weeks. That's, in my opinion, probably has won them quite a few weeks, like especially those first two. 
So I, I think his team will kind of fall back down to earth. I, th- I think the team in the top right now is that is the biggest biggest team out of all that can continue is is definitely Nicholas's team. Like Herbert, uh, once he's fully 100% healthy, I think we're going to see Herbert continue to do Herbert things. It looks like Eckler is back to himself uh, after the last two weeks. Uh, Brees Hall is starting to look like an absolute steal. Um, the more touches he's getting, the weeks that continue on, it seems like he is just the main guy in the backfield and in the offense. And he, he could potentially now be almost looked as a RB1 in, in fantasy football and not just an RB2. Uh, Gabe Davis looks like he can be <laughs> alongside as with Stefan Diggs as a, as a WR1. Um, and then he still has like the potential of like, you know, AJ Dillon being uh, a league winner if something happens uh, uh, in that backfield. So I think he has uh, the biggest potential. But don't you right. think, do you think mixed, I like, I think mixed team as is, is good, but like, do you think his team is a little fragile? Like, he he doesn't have much depth. D- Dylan hasn't been performing well. But Bateman's hurt right now, and he, even when he's healthy, he hasn't been super impressive just yet. And, and I mean, granted, those running backs are have been amazing in carrying him, and then Davis with explosion games. But like, it, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like he still needs some some other piece to take his team over the top. I think okay. if he can do like a two for one trade to get uh, a a top tier wide receiver, I think this is like league winning potential for sure. I think that's yeah. his missing piece is obviously tight end, but like let's be real, if you don't have Kelsey or 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 um or uh, or Andrews, like everybody's struggling in tight end right now. So uh, if he can carry himself with all the other positions, like he should be fine. Uh, but he has enough depth pieces that he probably could do a two for one and grab another top end and wide receiver. Um, but the way his team is like, if Hall didn't work out, it would be a different story or Eckler. But they're looking, they're looking like a dynamic duo there. Um, and Gabe Davis can tear it up with just a few, a few receptions. So, uh, and I and I do believe uh, as a as a sudden owner and watching Denver, like this offense will kind of click in the second half or at least at least it should get a little bit better and judy's played pretty well even in this offense so i think he can be always like a week a weekly flex for him so i i I think there's still brighter things ahead for him as long as you know obviously injuries don't happen but we can never can't really calculate yeah fair uh okay so we'll look at a little bit of the bottom of the league who potentially we think's had the worst luck so far to start the season but they can have brighter days and and looks like they can be in the playoffs so there's a lot of two and three teams so we can add the bot like six to twelve range uh who do you think uh not including yourself uh probably has a losing record right now but shouldn't i mean we already spoke about andre he's he's the obvious one um i mean uh, it's hard to 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 you know, remove me from an unlucky thing when we've already spoken about that. Um, but I mean, outside of that, nothing really stands out to me. Like, I, I'm sure Steve has had a few injuries, um, but you know he'll be fine. Like two and three, and and still having JT and Swift injured and coming back, like he, he'll be fine. I don't think he has any cause for concern. Um, and I don't know, like, sure, everyone's getting hit with some minor injuries, but mo- most guys, I think, will weather it and be fine. So I don't think there's anyone that um, it-, it should be stressing too, too much at the bottom here outside of, like, me and Kimbo. No, I think I think 
Steve still has the best team, even though he's two and three. Like Jackson is still playing like MVP form. Um, yeah, sure, he doesn't have Swift right now or JT, but uh, Swift should be coming back after his bye. JT could potentially even play this week. Like now that you have Ramondre Stevenson having that backfield to himself, like man, you have uh, when you have Taylor Swift, and then you even have Ramondre. Like that's that's pretty dynamic. Um, and then you have AJ Brown, who's been playing pretty well uh, so far in the year. And then I think, and then we see the surprises of Drake London and Alec Pierce might even be something as he's been getting a, a lot of targets the last couple of weeks. So I think the, there's a lot of hope still for, for Steve to even potentially finish the number one overall, like if he can pull some, some wins together. Uh, so I wouldn't sleep on Steve based off how the last couple of weeks have gone for him. No, no, I agree. I, I think his team is 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 really good. Um, I mean, I had him up there with you at the top, so uh, that hasn't really changed for me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think over the course of the season, um, you know, assuming there's no major injuries, I think he'll he'll make his way to the top four. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, but you know, fantasy football, anything can happen on a week to week basis. All right, so wrapping that up, what we're going to do is we're going to go now to our week six matchups. Uh, we're going to go each matchup, and we're just going to kind of do a, sh- a quick fire of uh, who we both think can take that matchup, our predictions. Uh, so let's start with the first matchup. we got Household Names 4-1 and one going up against uh, Tony's team, Team Antonio, uh, who's won now two in a row. Uh, in this matchup, Danny, who do you think can take the W here? Um, I'm going to... I mean, I I think Paul's the favorite, but um, if I were to bet, I would put my money on on uh, Tony and, and take take the the you know the bigger payout because I think he has a a chance to to surprise here. Yeah, I I think so too, actually. And the reason why I say that is, um, uh, you know, New England's New England's defense is a little stingy, so I can maybe see Chubb finally have just a mediocre game uh, there. Uh, same with New Orleans defense is pretty tough and I, I can see this being a Higgins game instead of a chase game um, and you know in any week obviously Jefferson can pop off so if you have Higgins and Jefferson popping off uh, for Tony like those two alone can can win them the week uh, that's for sure uh, so I, I'm gonna go with the upset here with you too and, and say Tony's team can take the W and and he can go uh, three wins in a row there um, in our next matchup, we're going to go with uh, Hall & Oates Fields, next team 4-1 versus the, the lonely 0-5 Keenan Me Softly. Uh, Kimbo's team, uh, I think this is pretty straightforward. Is it, uh, is it pretty obvious that you know Nick's going to take this by a mile, or do you see Kimbo getting his first win of the season? Yeah, I really, it's kind of blowing my mind that they're projected like for almost the same amount of points. Like I don't, I'm trying to wrap my head around how that's even possible. Um, yeah, like hundred percent. I like I had taken Nick, uh, you know, eight times out of ten. Uh, so I don't know. I I don't think there's really much of a chance that that he loses here. Yeah, I, I'd seen that too. Like it, Kimbo's actually favored by one percent. Uh, I think this is just sleeper needing to get their shit together and and actually like needing to like look at our league and and see how shit Kimbo is and just like make him at like a 20 <laughs> like they like sleeper come on I, I like you got to get your shit together this is terrible just, 
like cap his overall score because it sees it's Kimbo. He'll be like, oh fuck, it's Kimbo. Yeah, like Ma- it, max ninety points. Like yeah, it, it can't be. And if you get over, it's like a one-time pass for the season. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so we both agreed there. All right, next matchup. Uh, we got Taylor Swift, Steve's team versus going up against the Commander Chaos. Uh, do you see? Uh, do you see Steve here getting back on on the winning note, or or do you see Commander of Chaos uh, going even here, like going back to three? Um, I I think I still favor Steve, but it, I mean a lot of this depends on if Taylor plays because like he's he mispracticed today on Wednesday, and there's a chance he doesn't go, so he would have to fill him in. I I think he'll probably put in uh, London or or Benjamin if he's Benjamin's like the main guy. Um. And I still think that makes him the favorite. But um, if JT plays, I think he's a runaway favorite. But um, yeah, like if JT doesn't play, I think it's more of a toss-up. Yeah, I think it will fall uh, fall on that because if he doesn't, I kind of would. Uh, I I personally would probably go with Benjamin on on just uh, the matchup there. Like uh, London, sure, but you know the San Fran D has been probably one of the better ones this year. And that could be a difficult matchup for Mariota to toss the ball to him, especially not knowing if Pitts is going to be lining up as well out there. Um, but there are some some tough matchups. Like Robinson against the NDDs is probably a tough matchup, I would say. Um, I don't think it would be as easy. I, this is this might be a lot closer than than we see. Uh, but but I, just looking at it though, Mikey, like if if Connor Connor is probably not playing like basically from what from what I've been reading there's I mean there's a chance he does but if Connor doesn't play I don't know I think Chris is forced to play Brian Robinson I don't think he has another option so if he has to do that um then he might be in trouble I mean I like Robinson but if JT you know, plays would you rather play Robinson or Benjamin obviously if Connor doesn't play Oh, but Benjamin, a hundred percent, right? Like he, he'd, he'd be the main guy there. Where Robinson is splitting with three guys. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I, I don't think if if Connor doesn't play, I don't think uh, Chris has a shot. Whether or not uh, JT plays, would you say just looking at Chris's team real quick here? Um, he probably has one more uh, week with with Brown being the main guy there until uh, Hopkins comes back. But would you say that McLaurin has been one of the bigger, uh, probably busts so far in the wide receiver, like the a top twenty four receiver so far to start the season? Like he has a better quarterback, uh, but yet he still has been producing like the same type of volume that, like it's it's concerning that he he hasn't really he like he's he hasn't put up a top top week in in a while like he hasn't even hit the 15 point mark for somebody who is drafted as you know uh probably a mid-range at least our wr2 i think that's how he's been performing though right like to get 10 to 12 points for a wr2 is basically what you expect like he he hasn't had a big game yet only because he hasn't really got touchdowns um and he's only had one down game which is kind of a rough two and a half points but like I don't think he's been disappointing so much as he just hasn't been like a winning, a weak winner. He's just kind of just, you know, got his projections and been fine. But, you know, you need more than 92 points to, to win usually. Yeah. I, I would say he's, I don't know, too many mouths to feed, I think, in that offense. Like, 
Jahan Dodson has been emerging as maybe once once his uh tar- like targets and then obviously Samuel's been a target hog there too. So um I think you know in a one sled uh, offense to have three wide receivers to feed the ball to um I think that's just like a it's going to be tough. I, I don't think you're going to get those booms from McLaurin like uh like you've seen in previous seasons unless if there's an injury out there. Um Well, so, Dotson's injured now. So yeah. He's already out for week 6. So, you know, we'll see if McLaurin's any better. We'll see. Uh okay, so going to the next game here. Uh you have yourself versus uh, Andre Show Me the Mooney. Uh so you know, for your sake, hopefully you can get the win here and go 3 and 3 and and keep Andre in the bottom. Uh but uh, what do you think? You have a good shot here against Andre this week for yourself? No, not really. Um, like that that Casey Buffalo game is going to be banana land. It's going to be insane. I think you know there's potential for it to be like eighty plus points, forty forty whatever. Um, Mahomes will probably put it like a crazy amount of points up. Um, and I I don't think I have. Anybody on my team, I mean, outside of McCaffrey, who has a tough matchup, to be able to, like, explode and match that right now. <laughs> like, Lamb could also have a big game, but, you know, he hasn't just yet. I, I think he can. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm going to be able to put up the points that Mahomes and Cup alone are going to be able to put up, probably. So, um We'll see. I yeah, that that Casey Buffalo game is definitely going to be the game of the week to watch. And uh, I don't know, like I, I, we think that it's going to be like a crazy, like just an offensive showing. But you know, the Buffalo defense is a solid defense, um, and Casey is not bad themselves. Like, do you see like potentially like this Casey offense actually struggling against this this Buffalo D, especially maybe in the first half, because um, we've seen this Buffalo D put some good offenses to shame uh, so far this year. No, you're right, and I think if anybody can do it, it, it like stop Casey, it can. It would be Buffalo, I guess, at this point. But just based on how these teams have played each other, even last year, right? Like Buffalo had a good defense last year too, and and that playoff game was was ridiculous. So. Uh, and I think I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, Buffalo is getting their top cornerback. I think is it Tre'Davious White that's coming back this week, so that would help too, I guess. But still, um, I'm just you know, for my sake, if Buffalo stops Kelsey and then the other guys are just kind of meh, uh, you know, maybe Mahomes won't have a blow up game. I actually think the player to watch on his team this week is Hunt. I, I can see this being a Hunt game against the New England defense uh, instead of a Chubb game. Uh, he would probably be the guy to watch. Um, and I think this is a week that Mostert won't do much against Minnesota, to be honest. I know he's been the main guy there, but um, I don't like. I don't think he'll be the guy uh, leading Bro, the back. Bro, I'm calling it now. Mostert's going to get one run. He's going he's gonna to be shit most of the game. He's going to get one run. It's going to be like a 60-yard touchdown. Yeah, I, I I think so too. That's how that's his style, man. Watch. Yeah, I, I think it really will really will be a trio back there. Um, just because we don't know how uh he's gonna line up line up with Skylar Thompson, right? Like, we'll see what happens there. Um, but you know what, Danny, I I think it is gonna be a close call. 
I am going to give the slight edge to, to Andre this week, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than what the projections are. I think this is... I mean, I, I think you're being nice, and I think uh, he's going to beat me by 20 points. Uh, so, uh, we'll uh, Have faith. Have faith. I, I, I think your win for this week is if you do take the L, at least maybe you can you can get enough points to kind of close the gap um, against, you know, the points for, for against the other teams. It, this is kind of a note, like, overall to, like, our league structure. W- with 18 playoffs, uh, I'm not honestly so worried about, like, a week, a, any w- given win or loss until it gets to, like, the last, like, four or five weeks. At this point, like, I'm just w- looking for my team to perform and score points and do well. And if I lose that week, like, whatever. Like, you can get into playoffs with a 6-8 and eight record or whatever it is. Like, that's fine. But... I just haven't even seen that part of it with my team yet. So that's kind of why I'm down in it. Not so much, you know, my three losses. So um, until I see that, you know, start to to change, then maybe I'll be a little bit more confident in my team uh, winning a week. Well, it's true. We literally, the we have six teams. Half the league has, you know, two and three records, losing records. So um, I guess it just shows an unfortunate but competitiveness in the league. Uh, okay, going to the second last matchup, we got our champion Alan Fourpenny going up against Obi John Kenobi. It's the battle of two four and one teams. Who do you think is going to be uh, triumphant here in this week and and take the five and one reigns? I, I'm going to give the edge to John's team still. Um, I, I think like kind of like the same reason why I thought Mahomes is going to go off. Alan, I think, even has a better chance of going off for like thirty five forty points, but. Um, I don't know, like, Akers has been the biggest disappointment. He can get, like, two points again. Um, Juju, I think there's a chance, you know, he gets shut out, shut out potentially. Um, so, I don't know, I, I think I think John's team has a, a safer floor. Um, but I think Kite's team could blow up if if all of his, his stars hit. I, I think this is going to be a, a John week. Um... I don't think it's going to be close, in my opinion. And I think John's going to win this week just strictly off the back of his Tampa D, uh, Metcalf and Kelsey, and that's it. I think Kelsey's going to blow up again this week. I think Metcalf's going to keep his streak against that Arizona D. And I think Tampa, you know, Tampa's been the number one D, and you're going up against Pittsburgh that just only put three points up against Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> I, I think they're going to have a strong week again, and, and that's going to lead them to victory. Yeah, that could happen. Um, but, I, you know, Hill is injured too, right? Like, he's in a walking boot. I think they say he's still going to play, but, you know, he, he might be a dud. He's projected for 15 points right now where he could get five, right? Um, so yeah. uh, there's a risk with John's team too. Yeah, to be honest, if I was John, I wouldn't play Hill just strictly because it's Thompson playing. Um I would slot Metcalf into the other wide receiver position and take your chances with CDH. Like, um, he's touchdown dependent, but if he hits it for you, like, it's probably going to be more points than what Hill's going to get this week. Uh, so I, I, I would probably do that play if I was John, um, strictly because it's your third string quarterback in Miami. You can't, you can't trust that. And even if Hill does get like you know ten targets from him, they're going to be like you know what air yards maybe like less than five uh, per attempt so yeah but but like to me then at that point like hill and and ceh are like the same type of guy this week if they're all getting short targets and i think hill has a better chance of breaking one off for like a long touchdown 
So, I mean, that's probably why I'd still rather go Hill, right? Um, DH has like a better chance of probably getting a touchdown within in the red zone. But even that's not guaranteed because they've been kind of switching guys. Which friggin' McKinnon was playing a whole bunch last game, which was random. So, yeah, he was. Um, like, I, I would probably still go Hill if he plays because you know that he's going to be targeted a lot. And with CEH, um, you never know with that team right now. Yeah, I, I guess if you put it that way, it's a toss up. Um, but I just think with the potential of that being a shootout, uh, you know, you, you can put any like every piece you can in there. Uh, that's how I would see it. Um, all right, going into the last matchup, I'm myself, the Spitting Llamas, going up against Menage Tua. Uh, Danny, what's your take on this matchup? I mean, you got to put your defense in, number one. Um, you're, you're only projected 94 because your defense isn't in. Um, you probably should win this. Although digs in this game could, could go off again, kind of coming back to that Buffalo KC game. Um, I think you should win it. Uh, if he wins, it's because Najee actually does something um, and and contributes. Um, and now he does have Kenneth Walker, right? Like, Taras' team got a big boost to, like this past week with Penny injury. Like, people were saying... I mean, I know Walker has, like, high draft capital and stuff, and he is good. And and all the, these fancy guys are like, blow all of your fab for Walker if he's on the waivers. But, you know, that doesn't happen in our league because every handcuff is rostered, and Taras was won the lottery with this one. So he, we'll see how he does in his first game um, as the main guy. He could have a really good week and, and, and kind of force that upset against you. Yeah, I, I think uh, he definitely hit the lottery with uh, having Walker now be the main guy. But at least because it's week one that it's this, I'm I'm going to believe that, hear me, Pete Carroll is very known to be loyal to his, his vets. And I can totally see Dallas completely eating into this uh, in week one. I can see this being like 50-50 where Bo Dallas actually gets probably the start kind of bring Walker in and don't get me wrong Walker's obviously going to be the main back there uh, as the season progresses but uh, as this as you know the start of uh, having needing a new number one I can totally see Pete Carroll trying to give Bo Dallas a shot too so Bo Dallas isn't his name DJ Dallas you know what it's it's a Dallas who knows Uh, that's how irrelevant (laughs) he is but uh, I had to call you out on that one because it wasn't even close. If you said like like D Do Dallas or some shit like that, I would have been like fine. <laughs> Bo Dallas, like what the fuck? And you know what? Knowing our league, he probably is rostered already too. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I thought about picking him up. Uh, exactly. Uh, no, he's on waivers. But oh, he's still on the waivers. Okay, who's gonna be the first person to listen to this podcast and pick him up uh, before the week starts? Um, but yeah, I think the way I win this is, to be honest, not if my team goes off. It's if Dobbins is still on his uh, his snap count and he doesn't get he gets limited work. Najee continues to disappoint, which is a very highly possibility going up against one of the stingiest run Ds in Tampa. And then, like I just mentioned, maybe Bo Dallas really eats into Walker and he doesn't have the exciting uh, game that you know we anticipate um, now. So that I think that that would be my hopes, but I, I think it's going to be a close game because I have a lot of question marks on my side as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna. I think it'll be closer than it looks, but I, I still give you the edge. So. All right. So that was our predictions for this week. We'll see. Uh, see. Well, how how many were actually right on? 
Uh, so before we wrap it up for the week, Danny, uh, do you have any parting shots for anybody or maybe for your opponent this week, which is Andre? We always like to talk shit about Andre's team, right? So anything to say before we, uh, <laughs> we get off the air? No, I mean, I, I gave Andre's team like flowers earlier in the episode. But no, overall, I think, I think really what I want to say is kind of um, I don't have any parting shots to anyone in particular, but I do want to um, just kind of like plead to the league to um, not be like crazy with your trade demands. Like the, the the conversations that I've had with some people have been like a little like to the point where I've sent like reasonable trades and I've got countered with like an RB3 for CD Lamb. And you know, there's no there's no negotiating at that point. <laughs> like if that's how you're gonna be, then you know the conversation is over. And I'd rather you be like. You know, I'm not looking for a trade, and then try to, you know, pull a fast one on me when, um, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. And and just know that, like, I'd rather literally win the toilet bowl than make a trade like that. Um, I'd rather watch go down with the ship. So I guess what I'm saying is, um, you know, work with me. Uh, I've spoken to a lot of people. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to continue talking to you guys because I need help. <laughs> so let's put it this way, which I agree. I, I, I don't like when you negotiate and it's like over-exaggerated instead of something that could be at least fair or like a little bit on one side uh, than another. But if you got a trade like that, that was so lopsided, how many times, like, would you counter at least one more time to see if they would counter with them something reasonable or do you just cut it off right there? No, like I go back. I mean, I, I basically say, like, you know, that's like not fair, right? <laughs> like, you know, like, and then at that point, then then we see if we can work on something. But I feel like if one team thinks that that's the type of advantage that they want to get out of a trade, as opposed to it being like mutually beneficial, um, which is really what a trade should be, uh, then you know, then there's then the trade's not happening if if that's kind of the stance that they're at. And again, which is fine if if a team doesn't really want to trade because they like their team and and whatever, then then that's fine. But I'd rather them just say that up front than than try to fucking fleece me. So, have you been surprised? I've uh, so far, like I know it's only been five weeks, and we're only getting into the bye weeks now. But I feel like we've had a lot more trading activity at this point last season than what we have so far this year. Yeah, I mean, and at this point, this podcast is going a little long to, to kind of talk about this, but um, that that rule that we put in with the uh, keeper evaluation change is is I think actually been very very uh, uh, detrimental to the trade activity, uh, at least at the top end guys, right? And and people want to trade the top end guys; they're trying to trade for the top end guys. And then if they can't keep those guys, then then maybe they won't, or maybe they won't trade them away. So um, I don't know. Like it, it might be worth discussing at the end of the season again if if um, it's not working, and you know may, maybe it is, maybe it isn't for some people. But um, we'll we'll see at the end of the year, and we'll revisit it um, and maybe make some tweaks. But as, yeah, as of now, I think that's probably why. Yeah, I was gonna say I've I've noticed it's been pretty quiet, and and I do feel like a part of that is is strictly because of the changes we made. I feel like um, because of what happened last year with the whole keeper rule and how we were doing trades, uh, and we made this rule to make it a little bit more what we think is fair. 
has come now swung the pendulum the other way where we're, we're a little bit more hesitant to do the trades and we're, we're kind of seeing a different value now for these players. But again, we're only five weeks uh, into the season and I think this would be a discussion we could definitely revisit later on um, depending how we see how the market goes uh, as the, obviously the weeks continue. Um, my parting shot is, uh, you know, Kimbo, man, all in five. Uh, you're struggling out here. Like, I, I want to say that, uh, you know, I, I want to see you succeed and, and try to make the playoffs and do a big turnaround. But I got to see some activity from you, man. You, you're a team that you probably need to do some wheeling and dealing or be a little bit more active on, on grabbing players. Uh, and I want to see that from you. I, this is where you're going to shine to show your manager skills. We want to see how good of a manager you are to try to pull yourself out of this 0-5. Uh, and, and that's what I'm calling you out for. I want to see that. I want to see this 0-5 turn into to something that we won't even remember at the end of the season. So, Kimbo, do good shit, man. I want to see that. I don't want to see you go 0-4. So, get your shit together. Uh, and with that, we'll wrap it up. You know, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll see how this week goes. And then, uh, thanks. Uh, we'll have a good week. Peace.